The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Happy Tuesday. I feel like the new thing is that Tuesdays are for the tea, right? Um, Anyway, I just want to start off by thanking you guys so much for the kind words that you sent me last week regarding episode one. I was so touched. I was crying last night because I was like, wow, the Tea Tribe is such a badass group of women that are super kind. And I just feel like the internet has so many haters and so many people that just want to tear people down. And my goal in doing this is to create an awesome group of women. And I feel like I've been doing that for years leading up to this. And now this is really cementing it. So I just want to thank you guys. And also welcome to the Tea Tribe if you are new. Some things that I just want to announce. So if you're watching this in the audio um, video version, you could see that I am wearing my merch, the self-care club hat just launched, the good energy only sweatshirt, that GEO, um, all of it. So even if you're not watching, I'm sure you've seen me post it on Instagram. The merch is live. So go cop it now and make sure you guys tag me because I definitely want to be reposting people on Instagram and all of that. So as we do on Tea with Publicity, we're going to get into an interview with my guest a little bit later, who is Rhea. You may know her from Barstool and Chicks in the Office. Then we're going to get into the Ask Alyssa advice segment. You guys have been writing in the most incredible questions. So I'll have Rhea join in and help me answer some of that advice. And then we will close it off as we always do with the Spill the Tea segment. But first... I'm going to kick things off by giving you guys a little bit of an update on my personal life, and then we'll get to the topic of this week, which is anxiety. So I feel like you guys will be proud of me because I drank both nights last weekend, and that's big for me because it's been COVID. I feel like it was the most antisocial year of my life 2020 now leading into 2021 because coronavirus is still very very real so yeah like I said I've been super antisocial but I feel like even just working here and being around people and I just have this new lease on life where I get that it's COVID and I know that I have to be careful but I could at least be social in the sense of like doing things outdoors which I know it's hard because it's the middle of the winter here in New York, but I've been out and about and this is really new for me. So socializing two nights in a row is massive. Um, I hung out with men. It's like, I never see anyone from the opposite sex as we, as we discussed last week. So that was big. No one that I was like interested in, but just to be around male energy is a nice shift because I love my girlfriends, but Let's face it, there's only so many girls I could be around um, all the time, you know? So I'm off dating apps. Um, I deleted dating apps right before the new year. And honestly, I just needed a break. I was like, you know, I felt like I'd been on them for so long. I was running out of people to match with. There was no good catches. I feel like everyone's moving out of the city I don't know where you guys are from in the country, in the world, but maybe you feel this way too. Like everyone's currently moving because of the pandemic and this new flexibility with work schedules and everyone's relocating. And at least for me, I felt like, what am I doing on these things? Just aimlessly swiping, not matching with anyone, feeling it was making me feel worse about myself. So I deleted the dating apps. And when I do get back on them, I want to like be serious about getting back on them like actually go on dates put up cool pictures like make my profile premium um and that just wasn't the vibe so I'm still off them I'm trying to like strike up conversations with strangers but let's be honest like I said we're not seeing people these days so (laughs) it's a little tough um but one thing I didn't do this week was take my therapist's advice. So I told her that 
I wanted to set a routine for myself this week because I was feeling like since I had started a new job, I was not doing as much self-care as I had been when I was working from home because all I had to do was basically self-care. And we came up with this whole plan. We wrote out like a schedule. I was going to wake up, um, work out or stretch or go for a walk, make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, journal, and then start my day. I'll tell you what I did this week. I woke up. I laid in bed. I put a little makeup on, made some breakfast, and I went to work. I did none of it. I haven't journaled. I haven't worked out. I think my schedule is still so new that I had a hard time kind of transitioning into this like routine in the morning. So I don't know. I'm hoping I'm saying it here so you guys could hold me accountable. So next week when I come on, I'm like, hey, guys, I've been working out. I've been journaling. I've been manifesting, meditating, all of the things because I've literally been doing none of it. So I'm giving myself some grace. I was really tired this week. I also got my period TMI. So I think it just like wasn't the week for me to get my shit together. Um, so, yeah, maybe next week will be the week. OK, so onto the heavier stuff. So as you guys know, as I've said many times, we're going to be diving into a new topic every week. And some weeks it's going to be funny as hell. We're going to be laughing our asses off together, discussing, you know, Kardashian-sized butts and dick pics. But this week we're going to be talking about anxiety. And for a few reasons. So one, because I have it. (laughs) And two, because I feel like it's not talked about enough. I feel like when I listen to podcasts, people talk about anxiety, but they never tell you how to cope with it. They're just like, I have anxiety. I'm anxious. I'm this. I'm on medicine. I'm that. But no one's ever like, these are the tools that I use to cope with anxiety. And granted, I'm not a therapist. I have no freaking clue. But I'm hoping me and my guest could talk about it and give you guys some tips or pointers or things that work for us or even just open up the conversation onto this topic. Um, And it's just ironic because my dad called me earlier this week. Um, I have a really good relationship with my dad. We talk a lot on the phone. And my parents are going through the process of cleaning out their home so they could sell it one day soon. And he said that he found progress reports, which is my worst nightmare because I was the worst student, guys, like C's and D's. And I do want to do a whole episode on bad students that turned out to be, you know, successful because they just think it's funny and ironic. Um, So we'll save that for another day. But he said that my progress report said in it, it was like, um, you know, a pleasure to have in class, very friendly, uh, gets really anxious when, when the teacher calls on her. And my dad, he was like, wow, maybe we should have paid more attention to the fact that you were anxious as a kid. I thought this was like a thing later in life that you were anxious, but to read that was very like eye-opening to see that in hindsight. And it's funny because I would have never remembered that I was anxious when the teacher called on me, but what I said to him is so true. I was like, dad, I was anxious because I didn't pay attention and I didn't know the answer and I didn't want to look like an idiot because I had no clue what they were asking me. Um, So I don't know if it was anxiety or if it was just like me literally not knowing the answer. But either way, I thought that that was really funny. And now to go even more serious, and I'm sorry to take us there, but the first time I remember having real anxiety in my lifetime was in the fifth grade. I was sitting in class and one by one, kids started getting called out of class and it was just the phone in the classroom was ringing and then there were so many people leaving class that it started going over the loudspeaker and when I went home from from school that day I just remember seeing the image of planes crashing into the World Trade Center on the TV Um, my mom's crying my dad's crying I was crying. I didn't really know what I was crying at. I just knew something horrific had happened. And, um, you know, that was the day that the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center happened. And 
that was the first time in my life that I really felt anxiety because I remember watching the president on the TV and watching these news anchors and people talking about us going to war. And as a fifth grader, what I knew war to be was um, the Holocaust, which I was learning about in school, and men standing in a line in a field shooting each other. That's what I knew war to be. So when I kept hearing, we're going to war, we're going to war, I'm thinking people are going to be invading the U.S., taking me away from my parents, or just shooting up the streets. Like, I just could not grasp it. I was way too young, and I became super paranoid um, to the point where my parents had to bring me to the school therapist because it was affecting my learning. It was affecting my just, like, well-being, my, my everyday life, and... I would say I was almost more like paranoid than I was anxious. I guess they kind of go hand in hand. But it was really something that has impacted me to this day. Um, I've been able to overcome a lot of it because look at me now. I live in New York City. The scene of the crime that literally traumatized me however many years ago. So I have come a long way. um, But it did instill this fear of flying in me. And... I won't let it stop me. I love to travel. It's one of my favorite things in this world. So I've learned different coping mechanisms. Um, For example, I think it really, really helps to combat your irrational fears with rational facts. So if I'm flying and I get scared, I just self-talk to myself and tell myself, the facts that I know to be true. So for example, more people die in car crashes than plane crashes. Planes are built to endure turbulence. Planes don't just fall out of the sky usually. Um, So that's the kind of self-talk that I tell myself in my head to combat my irrational fears. And like I said, you know, I've gotten over it as I've gotten older to some extent, but then there's new anxieties in my life like you know, hosting a podcast on a huge platform where people could hate you or, um, you know, putting yourself out there or, I don't know, feeling like you're not good enough or I'm trying to think what my anxiety has been over lately. I think, I think my anxiety basically was just the whole process of getting this job and feeling like I was making such a big career decision and things could change and, it's just a loss of control is really what anxiety is when something's out of your control. So for me, it's been something that I deal with. Um, I feel like mine kind of comes in spurts, but then there's also always like underlying anxiety that just kind of exists as well. So I'm excited to talk to Rhea about this because it's something that she's been really open about and something that she talks um, a little bit about on her podcast, Chicks in the Office. So we will get into that conversation now and I hope that you guys enjoy it and then hang around after my interview with her because we are going to do the Ask Alyssa segment and then I'm going to spill some tea. So here's my interview. Okay, guys, I am back with my guest. Ria Chufo, did I say it? Okay, so Chufo. it's it's Chifo, but it's Chufo. actually Chufo. No, okay. no, no. So the the real pronunciation is Chufo, but for some reason my family said Chifo because I, I don't know why, but it's spelled C I U F F O. So the correct pronunciation, and in Italy they would say Chufo. I feel like there's so many Italians in this office, myself included. Yeah, there are. So, so I, I get it. the pronunciation thing. Um, it's just so funny. So you guys probably know Rhea from being at Barstool for what feels like forever now. How many years has it been? Um, it's been over four years. So I'm 23 and I started when I was 19, September 2016. So it's been a while now. <laughs> Which is just like the coolest part. I I really like that Barstool like takes, you know, they, they hire people that are either fresh out of high school or in college and then people drop out of college to come work here. And it's really just like a modern way of hiring. I think it's super cool that you've been here since literally 19. Yeah, I I love it. And I don't regret a single thing about it. Like people ask me all the time, like, do you regret not going to college and, you know, experiencing that? And I really do not have a single regret. The more I hear about college, the more I'm happy I didn't go. Yeah, it's interesting because I kind of feel like for me, college was just social, but for what I do now, I don't feel like I needed to go 
So I get it. I feel like at this point, my kids might be influencers at this point in life. So I'm like, I don't really care <laughs> if my kids go to college anymore. I feel like things are just changing. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I was lucky enough that my parents really just, I, I, I did acting and modeling as a kid um, from when I started at eight years old. So they were used to driving me in and out of the city for auditions. They knew that school wasn't my thing. And so I was fortunate enough that they really didn't care. Uh, but I know a lot of other parents still do. So yeah. by the time it comes to us, I, I don't think we're going to care. <laughs> I don't think so either. So I want to talk today about anxiety. I think it's something that I've heard you be open about on um, Chicks in the Office. You took like a mental health day or something um, the other day. You could tell me more about it. And you were talking about it. And I just found it really interesting because you said it was something that you've never really had to do before. And I mean, I definitely feel like sometimes I need those days. So I kind of just want to hear about your experience with anxiety or mental health. Like, have you always, I don't even want to say that it's anxiety because I don't know what you go through. You'll tell me, but have you always grown up being aware of being anxious or mental health struggles? So I will say that I did not grow up with any mental health struggles. I did not have anxiety. None of those things existed in my life growing up. I had a wonderful childhood. I really can't ask for anything better. Um, you know, I was, I had fun in school. School wasn't an issue for me. Like I'm talking high school, middle school, yeah. elementary school. Like, of course you get into little fights with friends and whatnot, but I didn't experience any sort of anxiety. And so it's something that has happened in my recent years that I, like I said, I didn't grow up with it. So um, I started just feeling very strange and anxious, right? I would get really down about myself. I'd be overthinking every situation. I would find it so crippling that I would have to cancel an interview that we were supposed to do. I would have to tell Fran, like I, who's my co-host and chicks in the office, like, I don't know, like, I'm freaking out right now. Like, I don't know why, like, I don't know if we can do this interview right now. We're gonna have to reschedule it. Like that sort of thing started happening a little bit. And um, it wasn't until I guess the past six months where it reached uh, other, you know, levels that I've never experienced before. Like if, I would say around three years ago, I experienced like my first, like real, I think um, bit of anxiety. Like I, I couldn't go to work. I was crying every second. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, my mom like drove me to, the, I still lived at home. My mom drove me to like my pediatrician because my parents didn't really, um, you know, nobody in my family went to therapy or anything like that. So they were just like, not really sure what to do with me until my brother started going to therapy, um, because he ate an edible and it literally, uh, messed up his chemical imbalance. I gave him a wow. chemical imbalance. So he had to go to therapy for that. And so from there, I think my parents started understanding therapy more. And now, now my dad goes and now it's like the whole family's I going. And it. so, <laughs> yeah. So it was around like two years ago. I, I, you know, had this like overwhelming feeling kind of went away for a while. And then the past six months, I just crippling, like, I can't even really put it into words. It's just like, I don't feel like I can get out of bed and just be me today. I just don't think I can do it. You know, little things that would never worry me, uh, started making me feel really anxious. Like we do a live show after the bachelor cutting stems, I would be freaking out the entire day leading up to it after I wouldn't be able to go to sleep thinking about like I what I just did what I said ever overthinking mm -hmm. literally everything to the point that I was like I love what I do but they're like for some reason I'm so anxious all the time like I'm so scared all the time and I started going to therapy which <laughs> I listen I know it helps everybody right <laughs> yeah <laughs> My thing with therapy is that I'm so interested in what's going on with the therapist. I think because I interview people often. And so uh, I'm always, I'm always thinking what's, what, what, like what qualifies her? Like, why is she able to give me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like who is she? Um, so that's something I'm still kind of figuring out, but I would say it's gotten better in recent weeks. And there was that one day that, uh, I just had to take the day. I've never missed one of our actual podcasts before. And for some reason I woke up that day and I just could not do it. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I, 
I said to them, I was like, I can't do it. Thankfully, my boyfriend, um, Hank, he also works at Barstool. He was like, you can't like, they don't push yourself. You gotta just take a rest. Like just, yeah, just take a second a day. People aren't going to like hate you. Like it's, you just have to take a second because you're clearly not okay. And so I took that day off and granted like a day isn't really going to yeah. fix all your issues, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I took that day off. And for some reason, since then, I've felt a little bit better just about, you know, somebody messaged me because I put up an Instagram story about how I wasn't on the, uh, my episode because I just couldn't do it. I had to take the day off and somebody messaged me and was like, how dare you take a day off? Oh um, I'm a nurse and I have to go to work every single day and I don't just take a day off. Cause I don't feel like it really selfish of you. Oh and my so gosh. obviously that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like what? I, I, I'm having a panic attack. Like I can't, I I want to do it. It's not like I'm, I don't feel like it. I physically can't function. Um, so I think for some reason that message to me was like, okay, people are going to say something about anything. No matter what. And I, and I disagree with this person wholeheartedly that like, why am I going to care what other people say or other people think if I don't even agree with this person. And, and I've, that's something that's always been repeated to me over the last few years, just because it was a very new situation. Like I said, I, I you know, I think part of uh, the anxiety for me that caught up to me was granted. I said, I never regret not going to college still. Yeah. Don't. But I think, going into this at 19 and not really fully understanding what I was doing. Um, wouldn't take it back for a second. I fucking love it, obviously, but just not having the college experience, all of my friends are doing that kind of losing them in that sense. Cause they don't really understand what I'm doing. Yeah, you have like a um, full job and they're partying. Right. It's different. Like I'm going to a full-time job every yeah. single day and they are also not really like they I want to be friends with them and they don't really understand what I'm doing and they think I'm too cool but I'm not trying to be that way whatsoever so figuring out that sort of thing and then also just being seeing yourself on camera all the time I think is something that has sorry I've been going on like a really long tangent now no it's um, it's really interesting because I agree with every single thing that you're saying yeah seeing yourself on camera every single day I think uh, really mess with my brain a bit in figuring out like what I really look like, you know, like, oh I start my realizing. God. Yeah. I like, actually, that's funny. You say that because I stopped using Instagram filters on, mm-hmm. on my, um, stories. You know how people like now the filters are so crazy that i I never thought I had a big nose in my entire life. I was like my cute little nose. I started using Instagram filters and it was making my nose so perfect, like so thin, so little, and my eyes were bigger and my lips were bigger. And I was like, I look great on these <laughs> filters, you know? Yeah. And then when I started taking pictures without the filters, I was like, wow, my nose is huge. Like, do I need a nose job? Like I started genuinely thinking these things and I started realizing it, like you're saying it actually was warping my sense of what I looked like. And I think it was like four or five months ago, I said, I will never use like an Instagram filter again. And I just completely stopped using them. And now I feel like so much more comfortable with my face because I don't look at it and be like, wow, my nose got bigger. It was fucking with my head. That's a great point. Honestly, uh, good for you for not using any filters. I don't use them either just because it's, it's one that, and also you give people the wrong idea of like what you look like. And I hate that. I see people doing it all the time. And I'm like, you don't fucking look like that. It's annoying that you keep making it seem like you look that way and you just really don't. Um, So yeah, I think, I think it's that like, then you, you look at yourself, you're like, now you're seeing these flaws that are not flaws. Right. But you think they are because you're, you, you don't know what you're actually looking at. And I, that was something that severely messed with my head. And also people, um, you know, I think it was, I don't know who said this. It may have been John Mayer on his, like one of his Instagram lives or whatever it was, but it really stuck with me. And it was like, nobody was ever to ha- supposed to have this much access to your life. 
for, for anybody. You know, we weren't built for social media where everyone has a say in what you do. And I'm not just talking about in our positions with having followers on Instagram, but just people in high school or whatever in college and their friends, you see their Instagram stories and you see them interacting and so they, they can comment on your pictures and just there's so much access to you at all times. And I think that's something that we weren't prepared for. And also just with this job that it was like, everyone can say something about you and like point out something about you. And, you know, people will comment on my looks all the time, which still obviously bothers me, but a lot less, but they would comment on my looks to the point where, like I said, I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, I don't even want to look at this person because I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know what I look like. I don't know if I have this huge nose. I don't know if I have ginormous arms. I don't know if I have a unibrow. I don't know all these things about me that they're saying about me. I, I can't tell the difference anymore. So that's something that like really messed with my head that now I think I'm sort of coming around on. I think it's gotten a lot better, but for a little bit, it, it was bad. It's actually so sad because like I look at you and I think you're so pretty and I think you're fit and like it's just fucked oh, up that like <laughs> we have to think that I even think that way about like when I was looking back at the um YouTube footage versus like how I look on my Instagram stories where I'm not using filters the lighting's different like I look just like on the YouTube I was like I'm like pale I have all these like lines in my face I'm like what like I don't look like this when I look in a mirror so you just have to sometimes be like this isn't you know, I don't care what people think. Like, it gives me anxiety too. But at the end of the day, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, this is who I am. This is what I signed up for. But I do get anxiety. Like, the first, you know, when I first did my blog post, everyone's like, don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Obviously, you look a little until you learn. <laughs> yeah, not obviously, to. you read the comments. I read like yeah. a few and then I was like, I'm done. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like, I am pretty good at trying to protect myself from stuff like that. But, Someone like you who's just been doing this since you were 19, I know you wouldn't change anything, but it's funny because I say, so when I was like, what was it, like 23, fresh out of college, much thinner, much younger, I got in, um, a callback for The Bachelor and twice. And I didn't show up both times. Like, I just didn't go. I like ghosted them. Why? I don't know. I just like. I, oh, because I it was leaked that it was Juan Pablo, and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not dating a guy with a kid. I'm 23. Like, yeah. I knew I would just come across too fake on TV. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I just like was so not interested. And um, point being, I was saying the other day, I was like, thank God I didn't follow through with that because I don't think at that age I would have been like able to handle things like I could handle it now because I have had Instagram for five years and I've kind of like developed a thicker skin it's hard when you're just like thrust into it so I give you a lot of credit for kind of just like learning at a young age because it's really tough and like anxiety is real yeah well thank you first of all and I, I'd also like to go back to your point when you said like in the YouTube you look at yourself and you're like I look so different or yeah. whatever it is I don't look like this I think right now it's important to and this is going to sound cheesy but at the same time it's something that like really helps me mm -hmm. every day is like remind myself that it's important to realize that you are different than everybody else on earth and you are beautiful that way no matter what because I think right now there's like a trend with and I'm not judging anybody who has filter or, or fillers or Botox or anything like that but it almost seems like you have to get it and it almost looks like all girls are morphing into one girl and it's 100%. Kylie Jenner and Stassi baby. And I think imperfections are more beautiful than ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like if you look the same as everybody else, then who are you? And, so and so like, I, like, like you said, get it if you want to, but I, I wish people would not go as far as they do. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, I have nothing. I don't have filler. I don't have Botox. I have nothing. Me too. And I think about it all the time, right? You know, you think about it all the time because you see people doing it, but I feel like it's a slippery slope. Once you start doing it, it's addictive. And you also, like we were talking about, you can't understand what you look like. Cause it's like, you once looked this way. Now your lips are a little bigger Then they're going to be even bigger Then yeah. they're going to be even bigger. Then you get a little lip. Then you're like, I want a little jaw. Then I want my forehead. I want my nose. I want my, uh, my cheeks. I want my neck. I want everything. 
And I really think people look so beautiful before they do that. And some people just go too far when they don't have to. It's like when you get highlights and you're like, I want to go blonder. You know, mm-hmm. like you get a little and then you're like, let's go lighter. And then the next time, you're yeah. like, let's go lighter. And then all of a sudden you have like white hair and you're like, you lost touch. <laughs> that happened to me. That's why I dyed my hair black. I was like, I like, this is like my hair looks, it's falling out of my head. So <laughs> things go too far. Wait, yeah. so I want to talk a little bit about, I think I listen to so many podcasts and so many people talk about having anxiety, but no one could explain like what anxiety feels like to them so it's hard to it's not really like easy to explain for me it's like an overwhelming feeling of I don't like irrational thoughts like I know I can make out in my head that they're irrational but I I can't rationalize them and I don't know how to stop it and like I'll try to like take a bath or go for a walk and I have a really hard time like snapping out of it. And then when you snap out of it, you're so clear that you're like, what the hell was that that I was just experiencing? What does anxiety like feel like for you if you can try to explain it? You know, when you put in a a cycle of laundry and for some reason it starts spinning really fast, like instead of like the normal pace, it's like going really, really fast. And it looks like the washing machine is going to explode full of bubbles that's what it feels like to me it's like like just racing like racing thoughts over and over again my everything's tight I I don't feel like my body is ever relaxed like I don't think you know like I I have so many I, I think it's all physical for me as well as much as it is mental where like you said it's a bunch of irrational thoughts you're overthinking you can understand this is crazy that I'm thinking that way, but I can't, I can't stop thinking that this is going to happen. And it's, uh, somebody said this to, um, our, because we got high podcast, they wrote anxiety is just conspiracy theories about yourself. So it's like (laughs) just making up scenarios in your head that realistically are never going to happen. And a never ending feeling of doom. Like I think, because like you said, I started when I was 19 and I've had a lot of success since then. And I'm really thankful and grateful for all of it. And I try to show that every day, but for some reason I can't help but feel that because I'm only 23, that this is only going to go downhill. And by the time I'm 27, I'm going to be living on the street somewhere and I'm not going to have a job. Like I just might, I go down this like rabbit hole of thoughts where I'm like, well, you've already were successful, so you, you got to be done at some point, and then everything's going to be taken away from me. I think that's a very normal thought for entrepreneurs, creatives, people that take risks. Because I, so my anxiety last week before it was before my first episode came out, I was just having this weird anxiety, being like, "What if no one listens? What if every single review is negative? You know, just the crazy shit." Mm-hmm. And like my head was spiraling. I was like so anxious, and I called my mom, and like. She, it's so funny because one conversation with her, my entire mindset was completely changed. And she just like, you know, she hyped me up. Like she was like, and it's kind of like what I'm going to say to you. She was like, you, you know, you got that job because you pitched it. You deserved it. You built your following on your own. You, she's like everything you've wanted, you've gone after, you've done it. And she just was like hyping me up. And I was like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. Like, yeah, you are. And like (laughs) sometimes like same to you, like it's things aren't over and sometimes you just have to like rationalize in your head like life goes on you know if you need to go back to school one day if you need to get a job in a restaurant whatever is like I think if you're a person that's driven you will always find success Mm -hmm. you know because you just make it happen yeah I, I agree and I've been working since I was 16 so it's 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 something where I'm like, I'm gonna, if everything fails, like I will be able to figure, figure it out. So you're right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like I've been working at 16. I had a, I worked in a pizzeria, like hustling. Mm-hmm. Like I was just always was doing something. I was a pharmacy tech. Can wow. you believe it or not? When I was, when I was 18, I worked in a pharmacy as a pharmacy tech. So I filled people's prescriptions, literally. Like I put the pills in the bottle. So wow, I don't know I why like I really... was trusted with that job. It was, it was great. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about medicine. Uh, wow. That still helps me to this day, but that's crazy. And, and I enjoyed it. 
you know, mm-hmm. if all else fails and I, everyone starts to hate <laughs> me and they boo me off the internet and they're like, we're done with you. Like I would gladly go back to that pharmacy and be like, guys, take me back. Yeah. I loved this job. <laughs> I think, I, okay. So interesting because I think I have this anxiety over like if talking about all things failing, like cancel culture or saying the wrong mm. thing or misrepresenting myself, like saying something that I know I don't genuinely feel, but it accidentally came off wrong you know what I mean and I feel like there's no room for grace these days and like it's a really tough position to be in when you feel like one one sentence could make your entire career crumble so I definitely have anxiety around that I don't know if you do yeah you know what would make you feel better I think and it it has made me feel better because I don't actually worry about that um I think you know, I think when I first started, maybe a little bit, but I think that number one, I'm a, I'm a good person. And I know that, and I know everybody around me knows that. So I don't think I have anything to worry about with that. And also I watch a lot of comedians on YouTube and a lot of their podcasts on YouTube. And I love their attitude about, you know, cancel culture, whatever Mm. you want to call it. And just like being yourself and making jokes and, and whatever it is, because funny is funny. And I think some people will like, they want to find something wrong with everything nowadays, right? You see it like true all the time. People are getting mad about something. I, every, every time I put out an episode of chicks in the office, I'll get a DM about something I said, which is honestly harmless. Majority of the time. Nothing off putting. Nothing. Nothing. And I'll get it. And I'm like, are you fucking joking? People are going to get upset about anything and everything you say so as long as you're true to yourself and you can stand by a joke you made or what you said then it's going to be fine now I think like when people dig up like shit from like years and years ago like 10 years ago I think there's a lot of people who were really young you know like the tiktokers were like 13 years old or maybe they were 15 or 16 years old yeah like you can't sit there and tell me that you knew everything from right from wrong when you were 13 through 16 years old. Like, cause yeah. I know that I didn't like, no, you know what I mean? Like you just don't know everything at that age and they expect everybody to know everything at, at that age. And like, there's no room for error. Now, granted, if you say some really fucked up shit, then yeah, I don't think you deserve a platform, but there are some cases where I'm like, we're really going to like make this person like want to kill themselves just mm. because they said something 10 years ago that they probably don't believe. And they probably, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's a very confusing time on the internet. And I know you review the bachelor a lot and that's something I always talk about on my social media because I'm a huge love Island fan and Caroline Flack. Do you watch love Island? UK. Mm-hmm. So love. Caroline Flack, um, committed suicide and so have a few other people from Love Islands because of the online hate and bullying and media scrutiny and I remember even when I was watching Hannah Brown's season and like Luke P was getting all the hate and um there was someone else recently that was getting so much hate and I remember just saying to my followers like we don't have to agree with everything but all of these trolls coming every podcast coming for them every media outlet coming for them I'm like you don't want to be like push someone to do something that they can't reverse You know what I mean? And it's tough sometimes because I think that's the part of talking about pop culture that made me sometimes uncomfortable because I was like, I don't want to add to someone else's anxiety. Do you ever feel that way or no? Yeah, all the time. Um, But I like to go through the lens of joking. I really like to make people laugh like that. It sounds cliche, but I really do. I just want to make people laugh. Majority of the time I'm joking around. I'm really not taking anything seriously. Like I really just like to joke around. And like I said, like I love watching comedians on YouTube because I just love to laugh and, and that's what makes me feel good. Um, So I, I always go through the lens of like joking around, but then I will have my serious input where I'm like, obviously, don't make this person feel you know what I mean like like, there's always the there's always the human side of it where it's like we can make jokes and sometimes jokes go a little far but not to the point where it's going to make somebody want to jump off a bridge like you have to have that human side and be relatable but then you can throw in some jokes 
Yeah, I agree. Because, like, you have to commentate on things, especially when it's your job. It's yeah. part of what we do. Like, same with and myself. And nobody wants to listen to somebody uh, be, like, so nice for, like, 45 minutes straight about something. And it's yeah. like, it, and not not even nice. That was a, not a great word to use. Everyone should be nice. But I, you know what I mean. Like, so, yeah. like, positive and uplifting and boring. Like, Politically that's, I guess correct. What it is. It's just, like, having no opinion sometimes is just boring. 100%. No, I agree. I think there is a fine line. And I think it's something that the Bachelor producers, I don't know why this is on my mind so much, probably because I just watched um, an episode, but I just feel like it's so sometimes like the producers put these people in a situation where they're going to be hated and they make them this huge villain. And then we like the entire internet comes for one person at once, myself included. Like, do I love watching Victoria bully people? Like, yeah, I have opinions, you know, we all do. (laughs) But then I always try to think about like that one person at home who's getting all this hate and like the world's crashing down on them. And I'm like, sometimes it's not fun to be another voice adding to it. But again, I have my opinions. So, like, I get it. There's a fine line that you have to kind of straddle. Yeah. And there's also a fine line of like understanding. Like, when I talk about people talking about me on the internet and how it sometimes would affect me, like, I also understand that comes with what I do, right? Like, yeah. people are going to talk about me, good or bad. And honestly, please do, because if you're not talking about me, then I'm probably doing something wrong and I'm probably not going to have a job. Like I need you to talk about me. So if it's good or good or bad, that's fine. Um, And I've like now understand that. And I think we also need to remember that people going on reality TV kind of need to have the same mindset. Like that doesn't mean, like I said, say the worst things possible to them, but if they're going to do things that deserve criticism they have to understand that that criticism is going to come their way by going on the show they need to understand that that's kind of what they signed up for also like yeah and this is kind of on a different note and then we could switch gears but also it's kind of like there's so many freaking seasons of the show you know if you keep interrupting someone you're going to be pinned a certain way you know like I don't understand how people aren't like smarter than the system sometimes it's like there's so many podcasts that break it down there's so many cast members that talk about their experience it's like just do a little homework and don't act that way and that's where it's kind of like their actions warrant sometimes the responses so I get it and also we wouldn't have good reality tv if people did that so like keep acting like an idiot please (laughs) that's so true yeah we need the drama whenever people are like oh this person sucks this person sucks I'm like who are you kidding that's why we're tuning in every week Um, exactly so I do this segment called ask Alyssa and I get some questions so I'd love for you to help me answer them absolutely Okay, so the first one says, um, this advice segment could not have come at a better time for me. I could come up with an entire list, but one thing that is really important to me right now is starting a new chapter and stepping out of my comfort zone. I've been working at the same place for four years, and although I went to school, I'm not as confident because this last year I wasn't able to practice. Any advice on motivation to step out of my comfort zone? So it sounds like this person really just wants to start a new chapter and step out of their comfort zone um any tips Hmm. I think something that stops people from stepping out of their comfort zone and maybe this isn't exactly what they're looking for but I think it will help in some way is that uh stop thinking of things as awkward or embarrassing because I think that's a lot of times people won't step out of their comfort zone because they feel like something might be awkward or embarrassing, but nothing is awkward and embarrassing unless you make it that way. Like nobody thought the conversation you had was awkward until you walked away and said, that was awkward. If you didn't walk away and say that was awkward, then would it be awkward? No. So just like get that idea of awkward and, and embarrassing out of your head because most of the time it's not, it's really just like what our mind is making it seem to be. That's yeah, that's a really good point. And I think also if if you never take a risk or do something, it's like you have nothing to show for it. Like you have to make yourself kind of uncomfortable to take a next step. And I think that was great advice in the sense of like you might feel awkward doing it, but just own it. And as long as you go into it with confidence and act like it's something that you want to do or something that you're excited to people hopefully won't tell <laughs> yeah, how turn that, you are. 
turn that anxious energy into being excited. That's, that's something that helps me definitely. Like I had a, a lot to do today and I was a little anxious this morning, like a little nervous. And I was like, you know what? I'm excited. I have so much to do today. And it totally flipped my mood around. Yeah. I think reframing is a really big thing. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I have to do this. I have to shower. I have to do my hair all before I work. And then I have to work. And, and I, I go into the day with this like bleh attitude. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the other day, I'm like, why don't I wake up and be like, today's going to rock. Like I'm going to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, but you ha- that's what you have to do. Like, trust me, I would have said the same thing like a few months ago where I'm like, Oh, but now I wake up and I'm like, great day today. Yeah. Let's have a good day. <laughs> we are alive. We are well. Yeah. Time to go. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So the next one, I suffer from anxiety, but have trouble explaining it to friends and family who have never experienced it before. I think my behavior comes across as if I'm dwelling or I'm repetitive because I'm stuck on something and they don't understand that it's just a wave of anxiety that I'm riding. How would you recommend explaining it to people who have never experienced it or can't grasp what I'm going through? This is interesting. It is definitely interesting. And it's something that I kind of experienced, like I said earlier, with my family just not really getting it. And uh, they would just be like, oh, stop thinking like that. Get over it. (laughs) That's really not helping. Um, This isn't advice. I had to have a few huge mental breakdowns in, in front of my parents for them to like understand what was happening. And so that's not advice, but it's something I would be, it's something I would be interested in hearing too. You know what I mean? Alyssa, if you have advice on it, because I, I, it took me like having some blow up moments, like crying hysterically and like panic attacks for them to be like, huh, seems like something's happening here. No, I agree because my parents are kind of the same way. I think it's just our parents' generation where they're like, Mm -hmm. well, don't let it bother you. Don't think like, you know, my dad will be like, well, who gives a, who who gives a shit what they say? Like he doesn't get it, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, it's not that easy, dad. Like, you know, and I think what I've tried to do. So, okay. I have a good example. So I had a friend that went through depression, but I, I had never been through depression. So like, I didn't really get what she was going through until years later, I like finally was able to finally like grasp it when you get some life experience or when you have another friend go through something or it's like when you have a friend that's with a bad boyfriend and you keep you lose touch with them because you keep being like why are you with that loser and your friend won't listen to you so you lose the friend it's like you losing the friend isn't going to help their situation like you just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you can't be there for someone is I guess what I'm trying to say. So I think what you could do in the people in your life is just be honest and be like, I know you can't understand what I'm going through because you've never felt this. But for me, it feels this way. Like I like the washing machine example. Like this is how it feels for me. Like I know it's not rational. You're telling me not to care, but I can't stop not caring like you know just you have to try to explain things to people in a way that gets them to at least get what you're going through even though it's really hard for them to grasp I I think you have to I I think it's hard to understand if you've never felt it so it is a tough like situation to be in yeah I I agree and that's something that I said to my boyfriend in, in recent months who he he couldn't get why I was so sad, even though everything was so great. The anxiety, like being in my apartment, like stressed me out, I think, because we were stuck here for a long time. Like I think, and so I had to say those exact things that you said, like, I know that you don't really get it, but you just need to trust that I'm, this is happening to me. Like it's happening and I'm going to deal with it. And like, you just need to be there and we'll get through it. But like, you're not going to feel it because it's not happening to you, but just know it is happening to me. That's an interesting way to put it. And I actually meant to ask you before if, if you think Corona was kind of um, a factor in why in the recent months you've been feeling more anxious. Um, I, I would say, yeah. And like, originally it, it was great. Like I was having a great time in <laughs> lockdown. No joke from March to like July 
was awesome. Like, yeah. like for me and for my boyfriend personally, we were like, we didn't fight. Like, you know, you heard like a lot of couples like go mm. really going through it, whatever. We were better than ever. We were like, this is like our dream, like being home every day. Um, and then I think it was, it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, this isn't really that fun anymore. Like we're kind of in the same old thing, looking at the same, you know, small New York city apartment every single day. And like, you know, we, there's a lot of things we can't do. There's a lot of things we had planned. Um, and something also helped me. was like, you know, there's so, so many people going through so much worse. Yeah. Perspective. And like, yeah, just having a perspective on it. Like, and that was also something that I was struggling with. Cause I was like, I feel this way. I feel really bad. I don't feel good, but there's so many people who feel worse. Mm-hmm. So that would, I would also beat myself up being like, you can't feel this way. There's so many people that feel worse. And so, yeah, I would say it definitely had, it definitely had a little something to do with it. I think winter in New York being stuck inside an apartment is definitely a factor. And also why I've been more anxious too. It's like, you can't plan for that. Like none of us buy mm-hmm. these small ass apartments to sit in them. We buy them because not well rent. We rent them because <laughs> we definitely don't buy them. <laughs> we do not buy them. <laughs> we rent them because we live in New York and there's so much to do that it doesn't matter to have a small apartment because we're out living life. But now we're yeah. stuck in these shoe boxes, paying a shit ton of money. And mm-hmm. work is different. Personal lives are different. Socializing is different. And I think a lot of my friends are going through what you kind of are saying, how they were like, I just feel so bad for feeling bad. They felt guilty. And I kept saying mm-hmm. to them, like, you're, what you're going through is your experience. Like, everyone has different shit, you know? And, like, I've definitely been anxious. So I, I definitely yeah. sympathize with that. Okay. Last question. I never really experienced anxiety until later in life. Now I'm in my mid-20s and I'm trying to navigate dealing with these feelings of distress. Do you have any tips for de-stressing or unwinding? The thing that works for me. (laughs) Smoke weed. Edibles. Smoke weed. (laughs) The thing that works for me is, this sounds really weird, baths. Love a bath. I just That's a good one. Yeah, because you could just like... I don't know. Something What's your bath water. setup? Yeah. Walk us through your bath setup. Yeah. It's like something about water is very calming or comforting. So I feel like what I do is like I'll turn down the lights. I'll light a candle. I'll listen to a podcast or music. I have this um, Epsom salt that smells like mm-hmm. it smells like peppermint or something. That's not the right. Mm. It's like something. Lavender? La- yeah. Like something like that. And I put like the salt in the bath and it just helps me kind of like have a moment by myself without like a TV or a distraction. Um, so that's one thing. And then also going on like long walks really helps me, but it's been so cold in New York and snowy that I genuinely, like I cannot remember the last time I've walked. Like I need to get out a little more. I'm feeling a little like cooped up, but those are the two things for me. Yeah. I have a dog. So walking is like a have to walk. So that kind of leaving my phone back and walking definitely helps a bit. Um, smoking weed. I know that's not the best answer, but for me, it definitely helps at the end of the day, unwinding, putting down my phone, smoking a little bit, putting on a movie that I can just focus on mm, and then like disconnect. falling asleep after yeah. just like, I, I notice myself just like drifting away, you know, whereas if I'm on my phone until 1am, I'm, I'm just eyes wide open, can't fall asleep. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I need Uh, to be better. If I had, Mm -hmm. yeah, I need to be better. If I had a good bath, I would, but I don't. No, the bath is the the move. And also like what I was going to say is that I need to be better about putting my phone down because especially now that the podcast just launched, I'm like connected to my phone 24 seven because I'm like promoting it, reading reviews, doing this, doing that. Like I'm so on my phone that I catch myself like not even wanting to start a new show because then I start the show and I'm not even paying attention to the show because Mm -hmm. I'm looking at my phone. So it's just like put your phone down. down. Yeah. Also, this actually helped me a lot. Cooking, finding recipes that are easy, but manageable and fun and time consuming is a great thing. Like I didn't realize that I loved cooking so much until this past year. And I really do like, because it's one of those things that 
putting your phone down is so hard, but cooking, you have to put your phone down. You can't be on your phone and cook at the same time. So if it takes you 45 minutes to cook a meal, that's 45 minutes without your phone out of the day that you probably wouldn't put your phone down otherwise. So actually cooking something it is definitely a stress reliever and, and has helped my anxiety, I will say. I'm happy you just said that because same. I absolutely love cooking and I find it so therapeutic. Something about mm-hmm. just like chopping and like focusing on all these things. I'll be yeah. on a podcast like and I just that's like my way of kind of just unwinding. So I think that that's a really good tip. And listening to music, find an album that you can listen to front to back. For me, it's a uh, fine line by Harry Styles. I'll play that while I'm cooking <laughs> and it's great. And then the cleaning after, which everybody hates, but it's therapeutic to see everything all messy. And then at the end, it's all clean and you feel like you accomplished something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. And then, okay, wait one more. And then I really have to shut up. But <laughs> I, now I just had another one come to me that you said cleaning. I think organizing your space, like when your space feels super chaotic, like usually they say it reflects your mood and I think that's true like when my apartment's clean I'm like wow I love it here it's so zen (laughs) and then when it's a shit show I'm like I think I'm gonna move like it's so (laughs) crazy like it's just so crazy it definitely affects your mood (laughs) 100% I've talked about moving out of our apartment a million times in the past two months and then my boyfriend's like well maybe if we just like clean it we'll feel good and then we we cleaned it and I was like I love it here it's great great apartment so homey (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Rhea I really appreciate you coming on thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun where could everyone follow you keep up with you I know you have like a million podcasts a million things uh so my Instagram is my full name Maria Chiffo so that's C-I-U-F-F-O and then my two podcasts Chicks in the Office and Because We Got High uh Chicks in the Office is three days a week Because We Got High is one day a week and then you can find all of those on social as well Um, And the group chat on Snapchat, we do a Snapchat show every single day that covers pop culture news. So you can find us there too. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, guys, it is time to spill the tea. My favorite part of the episode, because I don't know, I love what I love. And this whole segment is me talking about things that I love. Um, Okay, let's get into it because framing Britney shook me to my core. Guys, if you have not watched the Britney Spears documentary on Hulu from the New York Times, run, don't walk. It's been like keeping me up at night. I am absolutely sick over the mistreatment of Britney Spears by the press, the media. Talk about anxiety. I get one hate comment and I spiral. This girl was ridiculed, tortured, followed, I mean, she's endured some shit. So I don't want to give anything away for those of you that haven't seen it. Although I feel like most of you probably have. Because if you're listening to my podcast, you probably like the same stuff as me. So I don't know. You just have to watch it. It is so absolutely wild. I am completely on board the Free Britney train. I just, I love her. Um, I can't imagine what she's gone through. I hope that some kind of justice is served and that she could take ownership over her life and that she could finally like tell us one day, you know, speak for herself and tell us what she's gone through. The second thing on my list of topics is Northwest's painting. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Kim Kardashian put up a photo that looked like Picasso painted this beautiful piece of art. And she was like, oh my God, love my Northie. She's such a talented painter. And the internet went absolutely wild. People were like, "Um, there's no way North painted this. That is way too good for like a seven or eight year old to do. And people were just like tearing into my girl North, who I love. And Kim clapped back. She was like, this is where I draw the line. If you're going to be saying stuff about my kids, it's not happening. And she basically defended North, um, just saying that North spent in art classes. And then she posted some photos of Kanye's artwork when he was North's age, which was like obviously incredible because Kanye's like is a creative genius and he's really talented. And Kim just like debunked the entire thing and she was hyping up North on her stories. And I just like loved the proud mom moment. And also, I believe it. North is talented. She Look at her parents. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. 
While we're on the Kardashian train, Courtney and Travis Barker were spotted out together. If you ask me, you guys know I'm a former publicist. I think the photo seems a little staged because, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if they called the paparazzi, but whatever, they're still giving us what they want. I'm for it. I think that they've known each other for a while. They were friends. I like that he's age appropriate and I like that he's a family man. He seems like a really nice guy. So I think as long as they're happy, I'm happy. And I like to see Courtney with someone because she doesn't just like date around. She's not that type. So this is pretty cool to see. Okay, last thing on my list is the fact that Love Island UK is coming back this summer. Guys, it is my favorite show. I kid you not. It is the best reality show of all time. I took so passionately about it. If you need a good reality TV show, if you like Bachelor in Paradise or Temptation Island, watch Love Island UK. US is fine. Watch UK, guys. Mark my words. Start with season five. You will love Molly May and Mora. And then, um, then watch season three. And then it doesn't matter the rest of the seasons. Don't watch season one, though, because it's the worst. But watch Love Island. Best show ever. It's coming back this summer. It airs five nights a week, so it gives me something to do every night. And I am just so thrilled, like honestly thrilled, because they they didn't do Winter Love Island because of the pandemic. What didn't the pandemic fuck up? Um. So anyway, okay, guys, that's the episode for today. I really appreciate you guys. Like I said, the merch dropped. The link is in my um, Instagram, TikTok, every single bio that I have. So just head there or go to the Barstool website. Um, One last thing that I want you guys to do is rate, subscribe, review. If you like the show, please, please, please. I know that you guys DM me these amazing words of encouragement. If you could literally just copy and paste that into a review, it really helps me get the podcast out there and it just helps the show. So I really appreciate you guys. We will spill the tea next Tuesday.